everyone, welcome to Inside the Cage. This is episode 118. On this week's show, we will cover UFC 265 from Houston. Um, I will look forward to this weekend. We've got Bellator PFL One Championship. Sadly, no UFC, but hey ho, it needs a must. As usual, I'm joined by Big Mark. How are you, mate? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, it's not bad, but no bad. You know me, always living my best life. Well, you're off for a few days, aren't you? So happy days. Yeah, well, true. Well, only today and tomorrow, and back back to the grind, unfortunately. Well, you do weekend and you're off a couple of days. You can't go wrong. Nah, true, true, true. How's things with you? Good, all good. Aye, Brad, you mate, just plodding on, knackered as usual. But my like, God, the bonus of having a one-year-old. A one-year-old makes it fun. What? Still can't believe you've got a wing. Thanks, mate. I don't know why. I don't. I don't, I don't know really where to take that comment. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a compliment, put it that way. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Right, let's just dive straight into this. Um, I feel as if we've got a bit to say today. So, obviously, as I said, we'll cover UFC 265, um, and then we'll move on and do a wee bit of other stuff coming up this week. And Mark will finish with his news and his fight announcement of the week. So, UFC 265 from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. 16,000 in attendance, um, headlined by the interim heavyweight title fight between Derek Lewis and Cyril Gann. Um, Lewis, his hometown, so fair to say he got a pretty good reception when he came out and Gann's was a, a little hostile. I was always going to have a winter, man. I think obviously the UFC, Texas is one of the states that's a wee bit more open to things, so it's easier to go there, get big Derek Lewis on the card, hype it right up, make it a title fight. Like they just set it up perfectly for Derek Lewis to mm-hmm. to kind of get the home crowd behind him and get the, the cheers and the fans and it was just to feel like the the reception was pretty superb, man. Even even though Gang get booed to fuck, man, he loved it. You could see in his face he was walking out, man. He was just smiling away, just going, This is tremendous, look at all these fans and they're all booing me. Brilliant. I think it was a big deal for him, mate, because he's went from like zero to like nothing to, you know, a superstar and a relative quickness, you know. His first fight in the UFC was, you know, August 2019. It's not even two years. Well, just about two years. Aye, it must have been. Aye, aye. Fuck. Made his debut in Uruguay, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that, does it? No, that's mental. Six fights, seven fights. He's in seven UFC fights and he's now an interim title holder. Mental, man. Um, Mate, it was... We said a while back, we said that Cyril Gann was a different breed, man, a different type of heavyweight. He's just a totally different animal for anything that's ever really been in the division. Um, he's light in his feet, he's quick, he's sharp, he's got a bit of power behind him, good wrestling, good jiu-jitsu. He's pretty much got everything. Like, he fights as if he's a welterweight or something like that, do you know what I mean? But he's got that fucking heavyweight power. It's just... Mate, it was brilliant. Just fucking brilliant. Like I, I've been a fan of the big man's first time I seen him, and fucking hundred percent. I'm on. I'm on his train. I bought a fucking first class ticket, and I'm going all the way. I think it's it's one of these ones. Like his last two fights have not been great. Like you know, Rosenstrike and Volkov. As I said at the time, it could have just been a case of him showing that he can, you know, take the hard fights and grind them out if he has to. You know, two 25-minute decisions against Rosenstrike and Volkov, and you probably think on that evidence on Saturday night 
there's no way, no way that Volkov and Rosenstrike should have went 25 minutes with the guy. But it could just have been a case of, let's just see if I can fight a different style, if I can go into the weeds and just grind it out, which he did. But, oh, mate, Saturday, totally different animal. Lewis looked completely shot. I don't know if it's just because Lewis doesn't know how to cope with that. I mean, as you say, it's literally like a super heavyweight fighting a flyweight. It was that mobile. He's on his toes. He doesn't stop moving. The switching stances, as I think it was Dom Cruz said, it's so many different reads because he's using both feet, both hands. He's shifting all of his weight on the other, you know, other stances. He's switching all the time. So you don't know if you come and get a leg kick, body kick, head kick. I mean, it was it was nuts, man. It was absolutely nuts. It was, mate. Um, it was mental. I just, as you say, Dennis was didn't have a clue what to do. He didn't have a clue how to deal with it. His coach was trying to tell him, like, you need to go forward, you need to get him on the back foot. Well, Derek Lewis doesn't really do that. He's looking for that big counter, one-punch knockout power, and that's that's what he is. I think, was, I think I said it last week's show, obviously you were mentioning the fact that obviously his last two wins were just a bit meh. He won them, can't argue with that, but they were a bit meh. And I think, like I said last week's show, but he's going to get a statement this weekend. Maybe not as big a statement as maybe I thought, but it was still a statement victory in the way he took Derek Lewis out. Um, I lost my train of thought there. Um, so it puts, it, it puts him that way. He's gone heavyweight way. He's gone towards the title. Big Frank better be fucking shiting himself because I think that's a fucking scary matchup for Big Frank because he's probably better than Lewis regarding his feet and stuff like that. And he's probably a wee bit more mobile, but still a somewhat tighter fighter. And if Gan could do that to Lewis, then Big Frank must be a wee bit worried, I would think. I think Frank should be right to be worried, mate, to be honest. Um, if I, Genuinely. Um, it's it's a difficult fight for anybody. He's just so different. Like, I know Gan is probably the most close thing to Gan, other than Lewis and stuff like that. Gan, you know, Ngannou can move a wee bit, but he's still big and, you know, flat-footed. At that think, level at the moment, yeah, there's definitely a couple of kind of other heavyweights coming through who are very similar. Tom Aspinall is probably the other one that's probably the closest to Gan. He's maybe not quite as muscular, shall we say, or absolutely fucking massive as Gan is, but he's got that kind of similar, that kind of similar style. So, yeah, there isn't a lot there that these top heavyweights have actually really fought before, to be honest. And as you say, Big and Gan has probably been the closest one, really. Kinda, maybe. Uh, even then, it's a it's a stretch. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, am I a hundred percent sold on Gan beating Ngannou? No. I still think Ngannou has a lot more tools than what Derek Lewis does. Um, but does if you were to ask me the new, is there anybody in that heavyweight division that could beat Ngannou? The only the only person would be Gan. So. I don't see anybody else getting near Ngannou, to be honest with you. So it's, it just makes for an exciting fight, mate, to be honest. It just, it's an extremely exciting prospect, whereas before it probably was like, ah, oh, Ngannou, Gan, yeah, okay, no bad, maybe, maybe, but basically, Gan did to Lewis what Ngannou couldn't do to Lewis. Yeah, well, definitely, because that was like a fucking, that, that was shocking. Um, mate, it's, I can't, I think, I still love him to do it in Paris. I'd love him to somehow get over to France, get this done. Obviously, two of them were at MMA Factory at one point together, actually, obviously, former teammates and stuff like that. Obviously, Gan's still there, and Gano's now moved on. He's obviously based over in Vegas now. Um, so it would be fucking sensational to get the two of them in Paris together and have make this fight. 
don't I think see that's it happening exactly, anytime soon, but I think that's exactly what will happen, mate. I think they'll both I think it'll wait six months to be honest with you. I think it'll wait you know, you're probably talking early next year. I don't think it'll happen in Paris. No? No, I th- I think it'll be a, a Vegas based thing, I think. I just think there's a lot of factors involved and I don't think at the moment probably Paris is maybe ready for it. Um or France is maybe ready for it. Um I wonder if COVID made it for me to do it as well because I've seen a lot of maybe the uptake on stuff like see the vaccination in France, like the lowest in Europe. That could have a big factor to play in whether or not events like full houses are allowed in France. Mm-hmm. And obviously oh. UFC wouldn't go to Paris without making sure then their debut but a heavyweight title fight between a French-based fighter and a fighter who was based in France as the main event. If they couldn't sell it out, it wouldn't happen. But then I think they might still plan for it and wait and see what happens with you know authorities in France. I still think he'll want to do it 100%, and if he can do it in the next year-ish, then he will. Ah, well, if it's possible, if there's a possibility it happen, yeah, I think David would fucking... 100% go, fuck, let's go, man. We need to make our debut in France at some point. What would be the perfect way to do it? Put the biggest fight in MMA, which is it is. It's a heavyweight title fight. It's the fight that everybody wants to see. It's the fight that everybody loves to watch. It's the mm-hmm. division that everybody loves to watch. It's a heavyweight title of the world. And it's the, it's, the, it's the original. You know, it's the original, you know, UFC heavyweight championship. You know, it is the original. So, you know, so... It's got that kind of that status, and if you're going to do that on your debut in France, fucking pff, massive, mate. Um, don't know what the arenas are like in Paris. I'd imagine there must be at least a twenty thousand seat arena in Paris somewhere. So, well, they're big into their basketball and stuff, aren't they? In Paris, in France, so they must have something. Love to see a Stade de France. That'd be even fucking better, man. Just go fucking all out. Was it seven, eighty thousand or something? Stade de France holds. No reason why they couldn't sell it out. No one, no one, no one. UFC has never been definitely. UFC has never been to France. The amount of clamour to probably for people to go and watch it, especially putting a fight like that at the top of the card, it would it would sell out and then half an hour. No problem. Fuck, I'd be trying to get tickets for it. I think. I'm just looking at a list of arenas in Europe, and I seen a picture. I went, I recognise that. Why do I recognise it? Royal Arena, Copenhagen. Funny that I've been there, haven't we? Uh, the Accor Hotels Arena, 20,300 20, people, built in 1984. So that would be the way it would happen then, if it was going to happen at all. Yeah, it looks like they use it for tennis. Oh, fuck, they use it for everything, man. Concerts, boxing, tennis, handball, basketball, ice hockey and athletics. Well, if, if it's there to be used, then the UFC can make it happen, and I think that's the fight to... That's the place to make that fight happen. Um, oh, 100%. Either way, that fight will happen, I think, within the next six months to a year, without doubt. As to Centrum title against the champion, there's nobody at the moment in the heavyweight division kind of crying out for a shot as such at the moment, is there, really? No, I agree. Nobody else got fuck, I want that shot now. There's nobody went and knocked some dude and goes, I want that. Yeah, there's nobody, there's nobody else chapping at that door. Although, there is an interesting conversation now. I've, I've seen somebody talking about it on, uh, on Twitter. About Mr. John Jones, do you think John Jones is now perhaps maybe not fancying jumping up to heavyweight? But the pictures I've seen, he's put a kill a muscle on for this move. I think to get back down to light heavyweight might be quite difficult now. 
with the amount of muscle that he has put on. So I don't see that being the case. Um, but I think I read through the week that Miltrius has agreed to a fight against John Jones. Obviously, we don't know what's happened with John Jones. John Jones might just turn around and go fuck off. I'm not interested. But the fact that Hoffa, that party's agreed to that kind of fight to make that fight happen would be a start, at least. It was just one shout-out to... Um... Scottish MMA on Twitter, it was him who put it up he just said, honestly I wonder if JJ goes up, there's are some stone cold killers at heavyweight, he's not going to stop top 5 in his opinion, maybe there's he fights what to look at and I'm kind of, I'm kind of agree like, I, I just can't see Jones, What? I, honestly if you're John Jones, right, you've never fought a heavyweight why do, Why would you want to step up and try and fight somebody like Gan like, Gan's going to be bigger than him, he's going to be better than him at that weight class I think Gan's a problem for anybody to be honest no, I agree. But as I said, I think there's factors, as I said, is the way he's changed his body. I think that's a big thing. Mm. Um, and how you then alter that to get back down to 205. Like it's not just, it's not heavyweight where probably, he's probably working maybe, if he's currently kind of ready for a heavyweight fight, he'll be wanting to run it to 45. He'll probably even lose weight for a heavyweight fight. He'll be mm. ready for a heavyweight fight. Like he could probably be ready for a heavyweight fight tomorrow because that'll be kind of, he'll be under 265 if he's walking around weight. Mm. Um, so that's the thing that would get me is would he actually be able to make it that down to light heavyweight because of the muscle mass that he's now put on that's true um, so that would be my big thing um, so I, I just I would I watch what I see him fight to be honest I want to see John Jones fight I, I don't know we've went on a total tangent now so that's fucking ruined that um, it's meant, meant not ruined it ruined is not the right word um Went a wee bit of a tangent, really, from the, the Gan fight. So, mate, it was some performance from go and make that fight happen and definitely get it done as soon as... I want to see it as soon as possible. I actually can't be us really waiting about for Paris, if I'm honest. I want to see made. I want to see the fight. Listen, it'd be great if it was in Paris. Um, it'd be great if it was in Paris next, um, let's say, a year from now, because that might be... a. Uh... That might be a, a doable trip for the inside the cage boys, mate, if I'm honest with you. Um, we'll see. But I, I don't see. know. I can't, I can't see Gan waiting that long. I think the way he is and the way he is a fighter, he's not going to wait that long for the fight. Mm. As I said, he's not a normal heavyweight. Maybe a lot of heavyweights need time to get ready for fights. He is not normal. He is a fucking... I reckon he's ready all the time. I reckon if Dana White if made, like, say, let's say he made fucking Nganu versus Jones, right? And Jones called out a week before. I reckon he could phone the big gun up and go, "Sir, are you up for it?" I'm like, I am ready. Of course, I'm ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> I reckon he's just constantly ready to go. You got the. You obviously use. Sometimes people describe Messi as an alien. I think Gan's a bit of an alien in that respect, and that he's just he's his body, his physique, the way he fights, everything about him just is out of this world for me. Um, I must seem like an absolute fucking Cyril Gann lover right now and a fucking fanboy, but I fucking, I do. It's, it's just the way I fucking feel about a big man. Yeah. I'd love to get a wee bit more talkative, though. See, regarding, obviously, obviously English isn't his first language, so obviously it's a wee bit difficult to bring out, obviously, across what he wants to say, but I'd love him just to fucking, see if he'd went to end, Big Frank, let's fucking go, big man. I just, that wee kind of thing, you just want a wee bit of something some, out of him. Some guys just aren't like that, though, and you may not get that big Cyril, man. He just seems like a big, happy, smiley guy, man. He's just chilled out, isn't he? He's just no getting a fuck. He goes in there, punches fuck it up. People walks back out and goes, happy days. Right. Job done. Job done indeed, mate. Done it fucking well on Saturday anyway. Got himself a wee bonus into the bargain as well, so. Correct. 
Um, Jose Aldo. Man, it was rolling back ears, wasn't it? You literally just took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I was going to say, man. That was utterly... That's probably the best I've seen at Jose Aldo fight since um, he got beat by McGregor, I would think. Aye, aye. So, by before McGregor, okay. Aye, aye. I'd agree with that. I don't, like he's, had, he's, had a, he's had a couple of wins, obviously, beat Chito Vera and stuff like that. But in terms of an actual all-round Aldo performance, I would say that's probably the best I've seen Aldo fight in such a long time, man. It's basically been probably the best he's fought since he was champion. Mm. I mean, uh, I know he's had, a couple, he's had a couple of knockouts in there, and obviously, I say he beat Frankie Edgar, and you know, he he beat Chito Vera, but there's just something about that performance for me that just stood out. It was just, he was, he was superb, mate. Honestly, that was my performance of the night. I know Gan was brilliant, right? I, I get that, but I still think Gan was brilliant a wee bit because Lewis was a wee bit gun shy whereas Munoz was given as good as he could get but Aldo was just a different level mate like a total level above we always talk about levels and we talk about you know fighters being able to push themselves to another level to beat guys and Aldo did this man Aldo was just everything he did was a level above what Munoz was trying to do it was superb it was mate it was sensational um, honestly I thought a couple, of, maybe a couple of years back that to be honest Aldo was done he was at the door he was up the road he was getting the coaching gloves on maybe going and join maybe just enjoy life now instead of fighting anymore but wow he's, he's came back and they put a performance on like that after so long um, a fight like that basically what I'm trying to say so he's no fought like that for so long it was just it was sensational it really was a sensational performance um, from Jose Aldo and as you say it probably was the individual performance of the night for me I think Um it was it was that damn good. Um, it definitely puts them back into contention for the title. I think there's probably still one fight to get made there anyway. I think um, obviously, obviously got the TJ situation stuff. I had to see fight there, and then I think Aldo's in that queue behind that anyway. Um, I think I seen somebody mention fight Rob Floyd next. Uh, yeah, I seen there was a mustard boys. The uh, mustard boys had put up a, that a wee thing on their a wee thing on their, their Instagram saying fights to make, and Aldo Font was one of them. And I was like, do you know what? I'd be down for that. I'd be down for Aldo versus Rob Font. I think that probably is a fight to make. Rob Font, obviously, it was in a bit of tear himself and stuff like that. Um, Aldo after a great victory, man. It's as a superb one against Pedro Munoz, really. Um, I I think I'd be up for that. And I th- as I said, once. Once TJ's fought for the title, because that's probably what's going to happen, then you're maybe looking at that, one of that, maybe going on and pushing on and fighting for the title after that. Yeah, because uh, I mean, Rob Font's on a four-win streak, you know what I mean? He's beat, like, you know, he's beat Marlon Marais, Ricky Simon, Sergio Pettis and Cody Garbrandt, and he's beat, like, four legit killers, mate. So he's probably definitely in a position to say, listen, let's fight Aldo for the number for the interim almost. It wouldn't, wouldn't be an interim, but it could be that idea. And then you've got TJ versus... Well, actually, you've still got Peter Yan versus fucking well, him. That, that's, that's the only thing I was thinking about. You've got that problem of, you've still technically, you've, you're going to have two fights before Aldo or Font, if that was the fight that was made, would actually fight for the title. So you could be talking this time next year, and would either then be willing to wait till this time next year? Aldo's Aldo, not getting any younger. Aldo probably not. Font more likely, he's only 34, but Aldo is probably like, see, to be honest with me, Aldo did say he didn't want to fight five round fights, remember? He's fought for the title, but since then. I know, I know. Changed his tune quite quickly when all the title fight was announced, but just one of those things, mate. Just got to 
We'll see. I just I think Aldo's a problem in that division, although I'm not sure how much of a problem it'll be for somebody like Peter Yelly. But he fought Peter Yan, didn't he? So he already fought Peter, I get beat, so um but I think he's a different fighter now. I think those early days at Bantam were a struggle for him because of the weight. But he's obviously absolutely nailed that because he looks fantastic, man. He didn't gas at all. He was still going full pelt at the end of that fifteen minutes, man. He looked brilliant. I think now he looks a lot better at Bantam weight than he did. He's got slowly better at it, to be honest. I looks definitely more natural at Bantam weight now, I think. I think even his muscular physique and stuff like that looks a lot better um, yep. than it did when he first went down to Bantam weight. I think I always, always thought when he first went down, he looked off a gaunt. He looked, he looked like a featherweight gaunt at Bantam weight, whereas now maybe he just looks like a big Bantam weight. He's, he's massive, mate. He's massive. And that's a good thing for him, especially in that division, because I'm not exactly huge. You know, height-wise, some of them are pretty big. But, yeah, it was brilliant, mate. A great performance. Superb, man. Absolutely I feel as if we could talk all night about this main card, man. Vicente Luque versus Michael Chiesa was three and three minutes, three and a half minutes of just wow. Craziness, mate. Absolute craziness the first three minutes. Like. It's so funny, right? I'm a big Chiesa fan and I would have picked Chiesa every day of the week over Luque, right? I like Luque as well. I think Luque's striking, but Chiesa has got a habit of getting caught in positions like this and getting himself subbed out. And it's something that's happened before at lightweight. I'm gutted for Keza because Keza was in a bit of a tear. And I think a win there, you'd have been talking about Keza up the top end of that division going, right, who's in line for a shot? And get Edwards. Colby's obviously getting the next shot. After Edwards, who have you got? You know what I mean? So you're probably talking somebody like a, a Keza, whereas now it's defeat, you get a loss, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. But it was like, it kind of reminded me, that kind of reminded me of the night Kevin Lee submitted him. It wasn't the same thing, like, but it was just, it was getting into stupid places, into a stupid position, and getting himself caught. And fair play to Vicente Luque, mate. Vicente Luque showed that he's not a one-trick pony and that he's actually got a, you know, okay, he's a, he's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, but, I mean, wow, man. It was some darst. Although, see when it flipped over? Aye. And... Keza went on his, like, almost rolled on his front. I thought he was out because he was rolling into the choke, and that's what you do if you're in a dash, you roll into the choke. But then out of nowhere, he was back on his back and then tapping, and I was like, what? But uh, it was brilliant, mate. It was superb, mate. Um, I was just say, I was just saying, I really fancy Keza at this fight. I think I thought because of what he was at stake, maybe he would just pull out the bag and he would get the victory. Because um, to be honest, that was a big fight. This was a this was this was probably similar to Aldo, really, and Aldo Munoz, maybe a wee bit of the fact that it's the next guy behind the next guy going for the title, which probably what this was. Um, basically, after so obviously, look who's down a fourth fight. Obviously, lost that fight to Tomo, beat Price, beat Brown, beat Tyron. Obviously, T Wood beating T Wood. Now I don't really know what's fucking if there's much there beating T-Wood but obviously he's came and meeting Michael Kayser now after that victory and then that puts him, him right in the title shot and um, I'd say but I was mental the week he obviously Kayser was looking for the choke himself and he lost position all went fucking tits up for him ended up Matt Darst it seemed quite easy for Luke to put the Darst in as well I thought I didn't seem like there was any fighting from Kayser boom boom alright is that me oh but man I better fucking roll over and I'll fucking choke fuck it, it you know it was almost if he didn't realise he had it as well. He wrapped the arms and went, oh, fuck, boom, <laughs> and rolled them over. I don't think he's yeah. realised what was happening at the time. He's obviously oh. been thinking, oh, he's putting me in a choke here, so... To be fair, it did happen like that, mate. It happened so quickly, like, so quickly. Yeah, but it was patient. There was no rush in it. It was, it was weird. It was a weird way he got out of the choke. But once he got out of the choke, man, Kayser was struggling. He tried his best, but eventually just had to fucking gear. And I actually thought he was going to go at one point properly. We obviously said there, like, 
Kiesa winning would probably put him in line for a shot behind Edwards and Kobe, right? Does it do the same for Lukey? I think it puts him into a fight. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, as he said himself, he said, I'm the only person that's actually not fought Usman yet, which is true. He's not. He's the only one in that top five who hasn't actually fought. Well, Kiesa. Oh, Kiesa do. Well, look, he'll move ahead of him now, obviously, in the rankings, the way things will work. Um, and Tom. Uh, but Tom was not going to get that fight now. Tom's no, not after getting beat. So... So you could pop, you could possibly even put Lukey in there ahead of Tomo in the kind of rankings if you're looking at the rankings in that respect. So, so also fighting Usman. What about Burns? Because Edwards will now wait, won't he? Edwards won't fight again, will he? That I don't know. Cause I don't. I'd... We said after Edwards last, we said the fight, a fight against when the fight uh, against Diaz, we didn't think he'd done enough to be the next guy. We thought he needed one more fight. Maybe that is the fight. But what about? Edwards versus Burns and Lucky versus uh, sorry uh, Lucky versus Tomo but they fought not that long ago I saw it did and Lucky beat him didn't he no Tomo beat Lucky it wasn't that long ago mate it was a couple of years ago it was 2019 it was still a couple of years ago in the sense of this division the way it's been for the last couple of years the husband's run it I'm just saying, like, obviously, you've got to understand, like, you've got to make the fights, mate. You've got to, so, what, like, what do you do? Because, obviously, you've got a top five there, one of whom is fighting for the title, and you've got four other guys who could all fight each other. Thompson, maybe, Tomo doesn't maybe fight Lucky, then Tom, Tomo maybe fights Kieser, and that would cement who's a, the last guy in the top, you know, top four, top five. You know what I mean? You Possibly. let Lucky, um... you let Lucky have a rest. Because I guess Burns probably thinks he's, do a shot at Usman, but he's just had a shot as well. So, and um, would Edwards risk fighting Burns? I like to see Edwards fight Tomo. Mm-hmm. I think Edwards would smash Tomo, which is a shame. So they are, but I, think, I don't know, mate. It's a, it's a weird division. I think making the Kobe fight, which for me was not the right fight to make in the first place, I didn't really know what the right fight to make within the weight division was. Yeah, but it wasn't for me, that. should have basically just waited it out and let the other four or five, six guys just kind of knock each other out, kind of knock, knock about things. But then there's two or three guys at the top of that just think, look, I should be there. I should be fighting for the title now. I shouldn't have to wait to fight somebody else. I should yeah. just be getting that shot. You've got Edwards. Colby obviously wants the shot. So, in fact, who did Colby beat? To deserve his shot as such? Was it Woodley? Yeah. It's a Fucking Lucky's done the exact same thing and then meant beating an old man. So, where the fuck's Lucky? I, I just fucking pisses me off the way the day hangs, I suppose. Um, that respect. It's all about this. Colby versus Usman's marketable. You've said it to me before. It was like the whole Masvidal shit. I just couldn't get my head around the Masvidal shit. And it was all about that. Because Masvidal made himself this big, massive star because he's got a mouth. He knocked out Ben Askren with the luckiest knee you'll ever see in your life. And then fucking, he also knocked out Darren Till, shut Darren Till up. So people were like, oh my God, Masvidal's the man. And Masvidal was like, do you know what? Masvidal is the man. I am the man. I am the guy. And then, well, that didn't end up going very well because it was never going to go any other way. It was all about mouth. And it's the same here. Kobe just keeps mouthing off, mouthing off. I should be next. I should be next. It's shocking. I'm going to beat him this time. And Dana's right. Went right. Do you know what? 
fucking shut up and do it then. That's what it is. These guys that sit in the background and don't say anything. You've seen, I find Burns a bit cringy now because Burns is pure calling people out and being, oh, why are you ducking me and all this to Edwards and all that stuff. I'm like, Gilbert Burns was never like that before, but he now knows that if he really wants to get involved in that, he needs to start mouthing off. As I don't have an issue with Kobe Usman as a fight because Kobe Usman as a fight, as an MMA fight, take out all the shite, all the belts, all the grief. I see his two MMA guys fighting. It's a tremendously good matchup, and I love watching the two of them go. But the reason why they're fighting and they're fighting for the belt is just all nonsense, mate. It's all shite, but listen, it is what it is. That is, mate. Um, I think, as, as I say, push is looking forward. Uh, probably is. It's a step for, for Kiesa. He's probably got over a couple of fights now, too. He'll want to be in that conversation still, but he's got an hour cut of fights. Maybe a Tom will fight, as you said, isn't he a bad shout? Two guys have lost the last the last fights and um Yeah, two guys still idea. two guys still hovering around about the top five, want to cement a place up there in the conversation. Whoever wins that goes back into the conversation, but it would be a case of right, now you're back in the top five, you need to fight somebody ahead of you to get a, a chance at a title. He's probably two wins away from getting even a conversation about fighting Usman if Usman's still got a belt. Um Listen, Imagine not, what one one defeat does or one victory does for you into it, man. It either puts you right in the conversation or it just knocks you back. Maybe the best part of a year of your career, best that's, that's what happens when the best guys fight the best guys. See if fucking Michael Kayser was fighting somebody who was last-minute replacement. It wouldn't have done anything bad for Kayser. Okay, it probably would have been a bit embarrassing and the wee guy he was fighting would have been like, fucking hell, I just beat Michael Kayser. But for him, it wouldn't have done much. But when you fight a guy who's run about you in the rankings and a win puts you in the title conversation and you know, a loss doesn't, then everything's at stake, man. It's a whole year of your career, potentially, if the way the timings. I mean, we've still got to wait three months for Usman Colby, and then you've got six months after that before Usman will probably fight again, because he doesn't need to fight every year. He doesn't need to fight twice a year. Do you know what I mean? Well, he could take his time just wait. As I said, I think that's what he should have done with that fight, but obviously the, the oh, all been, signs of fucking... It's been ten months, is it not? I don't know if you thought Masvidal or Argo. I was knowing... <laughs> February. Was it late as that? It was April, but even then, that's still, mate, that's still six months. Ah, what's so, once every year though? That's what I'm saying though. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, as as a champion, you fight when you want to fight. For me, you've deserved to get that honour. So maybe he just wants to fight. I guess that's the thing. But right, let's move on because we're rabbing. Um, the rest of this main card again was two fights that again have kind of repercussions going forward for people like not necessarily at the top of the you know because Songya Dong and Casey Kenny aren't anywhere near the top of the bantamweight division but again a Songya Dong beating Casey Kenny um, is kind of like these this guys was, this, this was a fight for me to get the ranked fighter fight aye do you know what I mean these are two guys are probably sitting 16, 17, 18 roughly in the rankings and they're looking for a ranked fighter fight and it's climbing up that ladder. They're, told, they're both of them on the same rung of the ladder, and it's just about pushing another bastard off and keep climbing. That's basically, I agree with you 100%. That's what I'm saying. It's not necessarily aspirations of, you know, we're not, we're not talking about these guys getting a title fight, but what we are talking about is getting them into a position where they can start looking above them and going, right, I want to fight such and such and such and such. You know what I mean? So that bantamweight is like ridiculous, mate. Even if you think of the guys who aren't ranked, like Sean O'Malley and stuff like that, you know. Fucking the two boys fade Saturday is nuts, mate. You look at the you look at the bottom five of that, right? You look at Dishvash Vash a Sunshell, Rivera, Vera, and Stamen. That is mate, that's that's the outside the top ten bantamweights. That is mental, mate. 
It's arguably the deepest division within the UFC. Oh. Arguably, there's there's three or four divisions that the middle divisions really the bantam, the feather, the lightweight, and the welterweight. They're your fourth fucking deepest division straight off the bat, aren't they? So, um, that's a really good fight. Fucking, fucking scary, man. That's a good fight. Um, the judge who scored at thirty twenty seven should have his eyes tested, but um. How did you score it? I gave. I think I finished Song You Dong twenty nine twenty eight. Yeah, so, so did I just though, like literally, just, it was very close. Uh, it was what? It was a weird. It was one of these fights. I think we spoke about this before. Like it's Kenny probably done enough to get around over the three rounds. For mm. me, like none of there was any. I don't know. Um, I thought he'd aye, twenty twenty eight, fair result, song won it without doubt. He looked really, really good, man. Um started off really, really well and um fact, possibly arguably the best thing I've seen him as well, which was really, really good. What song? Aye. I'm not sure because I think he was probably better um early on when he was knocking people out with that right hand for fun. But I get grand performance, I suppose. He ground it out, mate. That's the thing. He, he had to grind it out. It wasn't ever going to be an easy one from Casey Kenny. He's a good fighter. Um, it was. Ah, uh, there are there are boots, mate. Like I, I, I say, I scored at twenty nine twenty, same as you. But I wouldn't have scored at thirty twenty seven right enough. But hey ho, it was a good fight. It was a good performance from Song. I'm really surprised his English isn't better. Yeah, we well, think based out of Cali, he'd be kind of sp- maybe he's just not confident enough to speak. Maybe that's all. So he's better just taking the. He's been based there four years, mate. Like, four years, you'd expect his English to be good enough to hold a conversation with DC. Like, it doesn't have to be tremendous. Maybe it's just a confidence thing. Maybe he doesn't want to speak it. Maybe he speaks it in the back and stuff like that. Maybe he speaks it to everybody else. Maybe going on live television and speaking English is just a, a step too far for him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Hey, what about we Tisha? Ah, brilliant performance, mate. Absolutely. Pro- she's, she's just... She's something else. I think she's just relentless. I couldn't. I couldn't fight that, mate. You would. You'd be nicer just watching her. I was for this was a bit like Aldo for me. It was a bit kind of just tremendous. It was just an absolutely superb individual performance. That kind of level of performance was just insane. It was a, um, a kind of mix for me. It was a mix between Aldo and Gan because Hill had nothing. Hill had nothing. Hill had no answer for her as far as I was concerned. Like there was wee bits and balls where Hill did things. I mean, one of the judges scored a round for Hill, yeah, maybe, but I think over the rounds that Tisha won, Angie had nothing, but I, I, I agree with you, mate. Uh, the comp- the com- comparison to Aldo and being on that level, mate, and just having the, that ability was just, it was something special, mate. She's, she's brilliant. It's the best it's the best I've ever seen a fight. Without yeah, a doubt. I don't, I've seen her. No, I can't think of anything better anyway. There's not been much of anything that's been as good as that. Any no. striking wise, anyway, put it that way. Mm. She was just, as I say, mate, it's knackering just watching her because she's never, she never stops moving. Her shoulders, her shoulders must be knackered after it, man, because she's constantly just moving her shoulders all the time. It's, uh, she was uh, superb, mate. I mean, that's another, that's another division that you know, there's absolute stone cold killers in that division, and she's put herself, you know, back up. I mean, maybe not back up. She'll go up a couple of places, maybe. But you know, you're talking about guys, lasses like Zhang, Joanna, Carla, you know, Yao Zhangyan, Marina Rodriguez, Mackenzie Dern, all these amazing fighters. And she's another one you can add to that list. The woman's strawweight is becoming. Is that the one we said? I we did we had this conversation because I listened to our show last week, and I said 
it's the easiest title to win because of the person holding it, but it's the most stacked division. It's the hardest division to get a title shot in because it's so stacked. Yeah. Like, it's difficult that way to get in amongst cold, it, really. Stone Cold Killers in it, mate. Like, we, we'd said that. We'd said, obviously, it was uh, a lot easier to maybe get to Shevchenko. Okay, you were never going to beat Shevchenko or Nunez. It's a lot easier to get there, but harder to, you know, win the title, you know? No, definitely. It's a it's a deep deep division again. That's probably already been that conversation for the deepest division in the it's in the UFC. So, yeah. aye. Great victory for Torres, and it'll push it on. Hopefully, Ward's maybe getting a title fight at some point, which would be good to see. Yeah. So we've kind of looked at the main card. Um, let's just do special mentions. Uh, I'm not going to run through everything. Um, but I'm going to go first. Menafield. Now. I was gutted that Menafield didn't finish Herman, but then after that I thought, you know what? Menafield's done something better here. Menafield showed that he can go 15 hard minutes with somebody who is very, 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 very durable and not get panicky and not fall foul of, you know, getting outpointed or getting knocked out himself. I thought, honestly thought Menafield's performance, other than Aldo's for me, was utterly superb. He was superb, mate. He was. Um... Obviously, he never finished him, but no. I don't think he could have done much more to try and finish him. Yeah. Um, like Ed Herman's leg was fucking mashed potato, man. It was fucked. There was no, I'm surprised it wasn't fucking broken when the doctor came in to check it. Um, I'm surprised the doctor let it go on, mate, because you could see he couldn't even stand on it, bouncing about. He was bouncing about it to distract the doctor. That's all he was doing. He was like, fuck off, doc, I'm fine. When his, his leg was fucked, mate. You seen the, 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 I can't remember what you call it. The hematoma on the outside of the leg. That's, that's not okay. No, it was fucked up, mate. But um, uh, aye, it was a tremendous performance from Manifield. Um, best I've seen him. He obviously he always goes out hard as fuck and tries to get knockouts straight away. But he obviously maybe knew within this fight that he, he don't get me wrong, he had moments where he tried. But he was calm, he was cool. He kind of went as the time goes. As you say, proved he can go now 15 minutes and actually fight for 15 minutes instead of gassing out after five. Yeah, it was... Uh, oh, aye, brilliant for Manifield, honestly, superb, man. Just showed, just showed a different side of it. Maybe shows that maybe he is not a legit contender, because it's hard to say, but, you know, he's, he's 33, he's got a few years left in him. He's maybe got a chance at making a proper good run at that, um, you know, up that top 15, mate, to be honest, if I'm honest with you. Um, she was not, striking like that and calmness like that, definitely, without doubt. Aye, uh, without doubt, mate, without doubt. Um, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a belter watching him go forward. Uh, any special mentions from you? I've got a disappointing one, KK. Right. Who? Carolina Kovalchuk. Well, it is, it is what it is. Because obviously, I thought after a wee bit of time off, maybe she, she went away and worked things and maybe came back an even better fighter. But like, I don't know why she decided to get into the guard of Jessica Penn. a fucking good idea. Um, then it cost her as a fighter on, obviously, fucking... Ben broke her arm and that was fucking I don't know if she actually broke her arm. It's probably pretty badly damaged anyway. I mean, obviously Carolina Coke just got her health problems, mate, which obviously have been diagnosed and she's obviously trying to deal with that and stuff like that. But I think um I did like Jessica Penny. You see Jessica Penny came out afterwards and said, Listen, I don't want her to get cut. I'd love to help her fix her skid. I'd love her to come and fight train with me and you know, we'll 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 share tactics and you know i'll help her and stuff like that which is just amazing considering the fact you've just tried to snap her arm in half but um i carolina didn't look at the races mate she looked well off the pace um i guess that's what happens you know when you're maybe i mean she knows she's fought in february last year but 
she's not fought very actively over the last couple of years. She's only fought three times since March 2019, so it's not a lot. Um, I'm gutted for her because, see, to be honest, her fight with Joanna Jedracek at 205 is probably my first memory of um, women MMA, and it was utterly incredible. It was absolute, utter, utter carnage, mate. 25 minutes of just them two hours of beating the living shit out of each other. Um, I'll never forget it. Um, and I, it's a shame if she gets caught, but listen, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. No, neither be you. Disappointed, but um, with your last five fights in a row, then you can't really argue if that was to harm. No, you're at risk. You're at risk. Anything else? No, nothing for me, mate. I'm getting knockouts in the early prelim stuff. On yeah, good couple. Manel Capes was brilliant. Miles John was brilliant. Gato was a weird one. Her, Leonardo's arm was falling off. Um, Johnny Munoz was class. Um, I didn't realise to follow him on Twitter. Uh, sorry, on Instagram. It's just randomly, but random. Yeah, um, this card was probably better than me gave it credit for. I think it wasn't a pay per view card, but it was still a good decent, a decent card anyway. It was all. I mean, it's got some names on it. Obviously, it had Derek Lewis, Aldo, you know, looking Kiesa. These are big names. Everyone on that main card. The main card's probably not far off a pay per view card. If it had had Nunez Pena on it, it probably would have been one of the best cards on paper in the year because that would have been a proper pay per view card. I think when you drop a title fight, it's always hard to sell it. Um, but actually on paper a lot of these fights were very close and very good some very good finishes I'm absolutely raging with Manel, Manel Cape though I'm not talking to him anymore I'm not, I'm not a fan of him anymore I backed him his first two fights because I knew there was a bit of pedigree and I knew he was a good fighter and let me down so I didn't pick him I picked Osborne who would need the guy in the face I I stuck with him did I know I fucking backed him you stuck with him mate I you stuck with him I don't know how our predictions went in the weekend. I think they went kind of similar. I think you beat me by one because you were two up. You you got the you called the first four bang on, I think, or the first five bang on, and then it got a bit ropey for there. I can't. Th- I'll try. I'll, I'll give you a look. Um, I thought oh, I picked, picked Manifield. Aye, right, so you picked you picked four, and then you didn't get Penny. You picked Manifield. You picked Morales. You picked. I think you picked them all right, except Kiesa, uh, KK. I think you might get two wrong, eh? I thought it was not a bad effort. But yeah. I, think, I, was, I remember going, I think I've done quite well there, by the way. I've actually done a fucking decent wee, decent wee thing of there. Anyway, let's fucking move on because we've got top bits of pieces to get on with. Yeah, let's do it. So, we'll do a quick run through a one championship or I'll run through it because there isn't much on it. There is a bit of a legend fighting. Edward Foliang's fighting at 170 against Lai Peng Zhang. Um... Really, there's only one reason I want to talk about this. I have an obsession with anything Scandinavian, as Mark knows, and probably you might know remember this from the past. Like Jack Hermansen's one of my favourite fighters because he's born in Sweden that like fights out of Norway. It's like my dream come true to be Swedish man. So when I seen that there was a six foot seven, two hundred and sixty-five pound Norwegian on this, I started getting a wee bit excited. So I'm actually buzzing to see this fight. I'm going to see if I can try and find it. Um it should be quite good. Um, see what kind of level this guy's at. He hasn't fought in about 10 months, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. He's also fighting an absolute stone cold killer in Alan Naglani. Um, has he not lost his last three or something like that? Well, he's lost his last two MMA and his last, the third one was a kickboxing bout. Um, but he lost to Rugrug in January, so it'll be interesting to see how Thomas Narmo does. I just don't understand how he's going to hit him because Thomas Narmo is like eight foot tall. Um, you know, Alan Naglani's five foot eleven, and Narmo has got. A, oh, doesn't tell me he's reaching. Narmo is six foot seven. Um, it's just 
crazy. Narmo's reach is 83 centimetres. <laughs> That's mental. But anyway. Three inches, you mean? Aye, sorry, 211 centimetres. That's fucking mental, mate. That's fucking That's hell. That's about fucking... That's twice, hell, man. Twice I good luck in, in Ingali, actually, you fucking hit the cut, because that would yeah. be impressive. I think I might just try and watch that fight. I would I would recommend watching that if you can get hold of it. Google Thomas Narmo after Friday afternoon. Wait until maybe Saturday and Google it. Maybe one one champ. There's only one champ up, usually. Oh, I mean, and you'll get it on YouTube as well. Um, they, they show their fights on YouTube. So Friday afternoon, around about 2 o'clock, maybe. I thought that's say. right. Aye. 2 o'clock, half 2, something like that. Get it on, guys. Get it watched and I'm buzzing. Um, PFL this weekend as well, start of the playoffs. Yep. A lot of the usual names, obviously, because a lot of them are from the, the group stages as such, I would say. Of course, but there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of good fights on it. I mean, you've got Rory versus Ray Cooper. You get Magomed Magomed Karimov versus Sab Debussy, Clay Collard to beat Pettis versus Roush Manfio, young Paraguayan boy. Is that a Paraguay flag? Ah, it's a Paraguay flag. Alex Martinez versus Raj Jabov. Um, Curtis Millinder's in there against Gleason Tabau. Um, yeah, there's loads of names. It should actually be quite good, to be honest. Um, it should be a good watch. Um, I it should be quite good. I definitely would want to catch um, Rory because Rory will be able to prove a point. I think Ray Cooper's going to be the end of a, a bad beating here. I know Ray Cooper's a bit of a, you know, a, a proper good fighter at that level, but um, after Rory McDonald clearly beating Gleason Tabau last time and not getting the result, I think he's going to be a bit kind of raging, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you there. He's obviously still probably the favourite for the tournament as well, so you've got to see that he's just got to go and prove a point and just push on and... Yeah. He wants his fucking million dollars, let's be honest. That's how he wants the belt. He's there. Wants the belt, that's it, exactly. So, yeah, definitely worth catching if you can catch them, mate, guys. Um, it'd be hard, it's always hard to get over here, but if you can catch highlight program, uh, highlight packages on YouTube and stuff like that, um, or if you've got a subscription to ESPN, I suppose you could, but I wonder, can we get access to ESPN? See if I was to download the ESPN Plus app and pay the subscription, would I be able to watch it? I don't believe so, but I can't tell you. Because like, obviously we're not in the right area. I well, I think it because de- it depends what else would be on now. Because obviously a lot of things like if there's like football and stuff or other sports, maybe that are. I think it would just make it easier for people. Like you can just put on an app, right? I want to watch the PFL playoffs on Saturday or Friday. How can I do it? Well, this is how you do it, right? No bother. Great, thanks. But nothing's ever easy, man. Push. No. Nope. Right. With no UFC, the highlight of this weekend is probably Bellator 264 from the usual Mohegan Sun Arena, headlined by Gegard Mousasi defending his middleweight world championship against John Salter. Do you feel they've just made a fight for the sake of making a fight? Yeah, because see, to be honest, see who should be fighting in that fight? It should be Austin Vanderford. Yeah, that's actually a good shout. Yeah, Austin Vanderford should be fighting Gegard Mousasi and not John Salter. If yeah, if, if pers- from my personal opinion, that's what I would have. Well, the way the way um, the way he's been fighting, and definitely, there's just no doubt. There's no doubt that's he's definitely in contention for a title fight anyway. So um, he is the guy on a run, you would say. So yeah. I, and also Salter's first in the rankings and stuff. Uh, Mousasi champion. You think that's the obvious one to make, but it just seems to me like mm, let's just make a title fight, and this is the one they've picked. I think John Salter, like I'm not much. It's a good fight. I'm not knocking him. Yeah, I think I've, I've got. A, I don't have an issue. I'm getting a shot because see when he fought Rafael Lovato Jr. in 2018, basically the winner of that was getting a title shot, and he got beat. Aye. 
Um, and it was a bit gutting for him. So he's went away. He's worked hard, mate. He's had three good wins. Okay, one every year, which seems a bit pointless, but he's had three good wins against three good fighters to go. Do you know what? I want a shot again. And he's earned his shot, mate. So fair play to him to get a shot. I think Masasi will make short work him. Um, I don't know if it will go to the decision. It might. I don't know. It's always hard to tell with Masasi because I don't ever think Masasi's the most, you know, he likes to seem to grind them out. Like a lot of his are decisions nowadays, I think. I'm going to just, I bet he's like, Smashed everybody. His last three. Mm. He beat. He beat. Uh, so I beat Dougie Lima for the title because it was vacant before. Obviously, left it to Lovato Jr. and then he beat fucking Machida and I split the decision. It's not exactly fucking. Aye, earth shattering. Aye. So, so this fight, this fight could be good. This fight could be shite. Um, to be honest, um, the better fight on the card is actually the co-main, uh, Koreshkov versus Hamasi. Um, that could be absolute fireworks. See, to be fair, there is some absolute awesome fights on this card. Um, Magomed Magomedov versus Ralphie on Stotsman. Oh, my God. Get the popcorn ready. That's yeah, that's a fucking beauty, by the way. They've done so well to fucking... Um, to get that fight made and make sure... That's actually... Bellator quite good at doing getting fights actually made that require to get made. Like, there's yeah. no fighting about it. It's just a case of, like, we're doing it and that's that. If you don't yeah. want to fight, then fuck off. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, so I to make that fight is fucking superb, man. You're arguably you're arguably talking this. This is the next guy you go and fight Pettis as well. You think you maybe think this is probably kind of number one kind of contender type fight. fight. Um, that's it. That's exactly it, mate. Also, now with Bellator's rankings, I maybe even be able to tell you. Um, do you know? You know? You know? You love my interesting stats. Go hit me. Right. So interesting stat of the week. Um, Ty Guerda. Aye. That's uh, Master Casey O'Neill. Is that? Nice one. Happy days. We were, we were going for him this weekend anyway. Aye, of course. Got to support our, our Scottish sister over there and our man. You know, we've got to stick up for our pals, mate. So that's it. In the Tigerweather camp, without a doubt. Um, so what were we looking at there? Bantam. So one Acoletta's just had the shots. So you've got Patchy Mix in there as well. And then the next two guys are Magomed, Magomedov and Rufio on start. So you've nailed that Patchy, absolutely. Patchy Mix is still to fight James Gallagher. So uh, that's, that's, it depends how long Pettis wants to kind of hang about for. Um, this is arguably the, the number one contenders fight for me, to be honest. So Yeah, totally agree. Right, cool. Anything else on this card jumping out at you? Not really. Um, there's a few decent fighters and stuff like that, but nothing overlay jumping out at me, to be honest. But um, obviously, that's a wee bit easier for us to watch being on BBC compared to PFL, which is good. Yeah, it'd be good if other other places over here would sign deals, but hey, it's never as easy as that, unfortunately. But hey ho. Right, cool. Right, on to your favourite part of the show, Mr. Mark. Um, your news and fight announcements and your fight announcement of the week, please, if you don't mind. Oh, we'll start with the start of fairness of the week. Um, one for me, I think, that as soon as I heard that I really sounded it, was Cody Garbrandt versus Kai Cara France. Um, Cody going down to flyweight. Um, finally. Finally, after threatening. Well, we did the uh, thing get made, didn't it? The title fight get made, didn't it? And then he had to pull out or something. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he'll make his debut. Um, obviously, they guarantee you that. Obviously, coming down from Bantamweight to flyweight. It's some drop. People are a lot of people who just hold ten pounds, but it is a big drop could we doubt the flyweight. So um but yeah, that should be fun. That'll be fire, man. Two guys just love to punch fuck out of people. So Yep. It should be a good fun fight. Um 
possibly Rockhold will be back versus Sean Strickland. Um, but yeah, I go between the two of them as well, which is making things interesting. So Scott like Rockhold's a dick. Well, that's, that's that's a very good point, and Sean Strickland doesn't really like take shite off him, so nope. It makes it, it makes it interesting, so hopefully that'll get sorted for 268. That should be fun. Um, Alexander Volkov versus Martian Tabura. Tabura's getting his fucking shot, by the way. That's, that's a massive fight for Tabura. It's a massive fight for Tabura, mate. Like, absolutely huge, because he's, he's been on a bit of a tear. He's really tidied himself up. He's got himself a good run of, get of wins and run of games there. Run of wins and... Um, I mean, he's on a five-fight win streak, mate. If he beats Volkov, he puts himself up there for a discussion. You're probably talking about him being up there, you know, in the conversation with Jones and Miocic, if Jones goes up. Um, Gann and all that stuff, do you know what I mean? Definitely. So, aye, good for him, mate. Good for him. It's, it's, you actually look at it, it's going on to 267. And you look at 267 at the moment, man, that's just getting better and better and better. Um, and that's the one they're talking about. It's not going to, well, it's not going to cost Americans any money to sit and watch it. Because yeah, it's in Abu Dhabi. Uh, so they're putting it on. Uh, they're putting it on the old freeview search for the Americans. So um, now it's like a tremendous card for an Abu Dhabi. Um, when, did that, when did that get announced? What? Legion Liang versus Kamzat Chimaev. I told you that one a few weeks back. Me, that's a great fight. That's a great fight. Uh, oh, that card is un- <laughs> unreal. Holy shit! Yeah, don't anyway, sorry. That, mate. It's just looking tremendous. On you go, mate. That's nuts. I can't go over how good that card is. That's what I've saved. a freebie, by the way. See if you're not paid for that. Like, you'd pay for a whole year's worth of fights to think bet, for that card. I bet you, the B, I bet you BT charge you for that one. Nah, they can't. Eh? Well, it's our time, so that's probably why they will. No, I don't see it. Mm, we'll see. Because I think part of it was a deal, though, just McGregor, basically, or. Basically, like a British maybe best fighter or something. Like I don't go anything like that on there. I could see, st- see if Darren Till was in a pair of you. You could maybe go right, okay, I'll charge us for that. But yeah, um, I it's 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 setting itself up as an absolute like the main card will be fucking fire, absolute fucking fire. Mm-hmm. Um, Paulo Costa versus Marvin Vittori. Yeah, I heard that. October twenty third. That's a week before Abu Dhabi. I just, I don't know why, but I just, I didn't see that coming. But then, that, that's all there is. That, well, exactly. I did look at it and went, well, that I don't fucking kind of understand why that fight has been made. Because what Icarus is the next one to make it that way, so. Um, aye, so, but that should be fucking pretty much up fire as well. And uh, obviously, just talking about 267 there, big year of Pujaka has been told to basically get himself ready. For? Possibility, well, if, as a backup for Bolovic versus Teixeira. Oh, that would be tasty. Man, that would be just. Uh, you just love watching him. He just looks like a fucking cartoon character. He's just fucking amazing. He's so much fun to watch, man. He's. He probably deserves his title shot soon anyway, if, if if not next. Do you know what I mean? So, to serve as a backup, he'll be fucking wishing Big Glover fucking does his ankle or something. Definitely. And get a chance at smashing Big Yan. Uh, that'd be fucking tremendous. Um, what else have we got? Seen the thing about Michael Chandler possibly saying that he won't be vaccinated in time for the Gaethje fight if it happens. Mm-hmm. Um... 
Obviously, this is to do with New York. I think New York seems to have a lot of issues and they're actually trying to get... Obviously, they're looking to get New York at the start of November, mm-hmm. which is when they usually do MSG nowadays. Um, but they seem to have issues, a couple of issues, trying to get fighters to actually fight on this card. And Michael Chandler looks like this could be dodgy if he's got if he's not allowed to fight on this card because he's not well, double vaccinated. Because the New York the New York State Commission want them vaccinated, but this is up to them. Matt, as Dan, I was proud of Dana White when he came out this week and said, "Listen, it's up to the fighters. I'm not going to force them to get it. If they want to get it, they can get it," which is good. That's the way it should be. Um, but yeah, I think if there's enough money to get made on it, it'll be it'll fucking harm. Oh, of course. Like if Chandler gets dealt right, there's an extra there's an extra hundred grand in it for you. Kill the ball, jab me. <laughs> Stick that needle in my arm, motherfuckers. Yeah. Fucking right. So I think the other one was Sean O'Malley was moaning and fuck about New York as well because he she was talking about taxis and all that shit. He's a wee dick though, so he'll he'll fuck is he'll, sick of that he'll, he'll not catch COVID. He's too drugged up to the eyeballs. <laughs> um, what else did we have? Well, Scott's favourite former flyweight champion was released finally, but fucking time. I think we said this last week. Yeah, Nico. Yeah, I Nico. It was hardly a surprise. She's in the wrong game. I would love for her to go away, work on it, and get herself in a position where she can maybe go back to it and actually win a few fights. But, mate, she's doing herself some serious, serious harm, and that's what scares me, is the fact that she could end up really, really no well. So, good luck to her. I'd love to see her back healthy. Yep, definitely. Um, what else do we have? Did we discuss Makachev RDA last week? Can't remember. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just leave that one away. Um, Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. Talked about that as well. Did we? Uh, I've got my line crossed here then. I've fucking mixed up my fucking notes. Um, so, I don't know why was Big Feathers comeback fight been finally fucking officialised Tim Johnson. In Moscow. In Moscow, aye. Bellator Moscow main event in October. October 23rd. Nice. Aye, 23rd. Good. So, um, uh, apart from that, that's your lot, mate. Good stuff. Right, well, thanks as always for listening, guys. We do appreciate it. Appreciate it? <laughs> we do appreciate it. Um, appreciate the love. Uh, and hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook if you want to chat. Uh, at Inside Cage MMA, always available, always up for a chat or a discussion about stuff. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Have a good week and catch you next time.